Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy, Matt St. Jack. Whether you're an avid anime fan, a wee tadpole still finding your way, or anywhere in between, I'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new. Think Yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in. I know you can't wait to hear, and I can't wait to tell, so let's get to it. This is Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk. Let's go. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Robert Stewart. And this is Collateral Cinema with SWO Productions. Welcome to the season premiere of Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And yes, this is our season seven premiere. We are so excited to finally be back into the fold, right guys? Yeah. Oh man, that is, is going to be so much fun. Happy and, October, right? Yeah, happy October. Happy spooky season. We're getting into the Halloween season, so uh, we usually start our uh, podcast off with a bunch of horror episodes. Yeah, and if this releases when we're planning to release it, happy Friday the 13th. Ooh, yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> since, since we're doing, uh, we are doing Freddy versus Jason, we are going to release on Friday the 13th. So, yeah, we're recording this like several days in advance. So. Yeah. Uh, but we are joined by uh, by Stuart Stu from uh, we are uh, joined by Stu from SWO Productions. How are you doing, Stu? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me back. How are you guys today? Oh, we are great. Honestly, I, I'm I'm feeling really good. Hell yeah! I yeah I I'm. It feels good to be here. Uh, I, I was mentioning this to Stu right before the podcast, but. Uh, I'm actually visiting down from Houston. Um, have we recorded an episode yet, like in person, since I've lived in Houston? I don't think so. I, I think this is the first time we've we've actually been under one roof since then, right? Y- yeah, but, uh, actually. Like yeah, yeah, something like that. It, yeah. Yeah, man, it's good to be chilling with the bros for our season premiere. I mean, season seven, right? Or, or season eight. Season seven. Season seven. Season seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, I, you know, as per usual, we're, we're we've got a pregame on. We're we're intoxicated and uh, as and, usual and uh, high. Bit. Yeah, yeah, we're a little tipsy. I don't know about Stu, but we are. <laughs> I, I was drinking earlier this morning or this afternoon. Sorry. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm drunk. I'm more like I, I've only had like one. Be- I, mean, I haven't even had one beer, but definitely high. And so, and that's that's the vibe that we want because this is the season seven premiere. Um, I am really excited about some of the shit that we've got coming out later this season. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, and and starting off with Freddy versus Jason. I mean, what a classic, right? Oh, this is uh, like one of my all time favorite uh, horror movies, like ever, honestly, because it's just 
it's just got a vibe to it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, it, 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 there is absolutely a vibe to this movie, and and I'm gonna let you guys know actually. So this was my first time watching this. Now I remember I had peers that watched this movie, and it. I remember it was the shit when it came out in what 2003, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Like I mean, I I remember that this was uh, becoming like the big you know debate amongst the horror fans and everything was who would win in a fight, Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees. I like that they took in at least all of the the uh, continuity of all the nightmare sequels, right? Oh, definitely. So and that applies to Friday the Thirteenth, I'm assuming as well, including what Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, like definitely Jason X. Pretty much after Jason X. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Well, well, if I recall, uh, Sean Cunningham went ahead and made Jason X because of the uh, development hell that this movie was in for quite a bit. I mean. And that's something that's actually kind of a little more, it's, it's a little more of an interesting story than, you know, the actual movie itself, you know? I mean, this was in development hell for a good 10 years, and there were quite a few different scripts that were written uh, for this movie that had all kinds of really wacky ideas, you know? It's being shuffled back and forth from Paramount to New Line, really. Yeah, I believe, I believe that there was a script that was going to have, like, kind of a cult of thorn thing but for freddy they were called call them fred heads or something like oh that oh god or oh i know right <laughs> it's like well, what the hell <laughs> yeah i mean these this these movies had this movie had some really crazy scripts i i think that there was a a scene that they uh, wrote in one of the drafts where uh they end up in hell and there's like a bo- like a boxing ring in there and they find the boxing ring and the crowd like has like all these famous horrible people in the crowd like I think Hitler was going to be there and <laughs> Ted Bundy and Charles Manson and like they were going to have they were going to have like all these like serial killers and and bad people in the in in the crowd and I, and I'm just like I mean while that would have been hilarious to see at the time oh my god talk about not not aging well right yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those things that's definitely a better idea on paper than it would have been if they had actually filmed it and released it to the public. Yeah, and I think that there was a uh, draft where they tried to kind of do a new nightmare thing where both Jason and Freddy were still, like, fictional characters in their universe. But... Oh, yeah. yeah, so, like, would it have worked, like, maybe, like, Fear of Freddy actually brought him into reality or something like that? Something like that. I mean, if I recall, that's kind of what, how New Nightmare worked, right, Robert? Oh, yeah, it, it really did. It was yeah. coming right out of the movies, almost like Last Action yeah, Hero. Yeah, it was kind of like Last Action Hero, but for horror. Yeah, Page Master or something. Uh, but let, let's go ahead and first, like... Like, let's go ahead and get into uh, some of the uh, characters in this movie, because I I think, first of all, let's talk about Freddy and Jason themselves. I mean, they really managed to actually kind of stay true to the, uh, they really kind of managed to stay true to the original iterations of these characters. Yeah, it's just a shame they didn't accept uh, having Kane Hodder come back to be Jason. They didn't want Kane in this iteration. They wanted somebody who would really dwarf Robert Englund, so they brought in Ken Kersinger. And I don't know, it just it felt like it would have been more apropos oh. to have Kane come back for a fifth movie, right? Yeah, exactly. I kind of feel that this is one of the great missteps of this movie because... 
To, it would have been a treat to see Kane Hodder and Robert England on the same screen. I together. know, because Robert England is every bit as iconic as he was in, you know, the other Nightmare films. Although, I, I guess I will have to admit, I don't think I've seen every Nightmare on Elm Street film. I've seen several of the sequels that you guys have shown me. I've seen the original multiple times over, obviously. But, I, I mean, yeah, like, Robert, Robert England definitely felt, you know, as true to the character as he's ever been. But uh, with Jason, like, I don't know. Yeah, something did feel a little bit off. Yeah, it kind of felt like, 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 you know how Kane Hodder, he kind of really defined Jason as a character, mainly in, you know, his interactions with, uh, with the world around him and with the uh, people that he's killing. Like, he had, a, like, a real methodical vibe to him that, yeah. that, honestly, no other Jason has really had. And that would have really, that would have really worked in this movie, you know, especially with the whole angle about, you know, Freddy trying to use Jason to, uh, to spread the fear to uh, get the kids to remember him again. Yeah, he was more of an actor than just some guy putting on a mask. Really. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I actually, I thought it was interesting even, like, missing, like, the context of, you know, some of the, the Nightmare sequels that, uh, like, the entire town had somehow, like, turned this entire thing quiet and, like, nobody knew about the existence of Freddy Krueger. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's it, it kind of leads to maybe some plot holes here and there because it's like, I mean, surely, you know... The, these people, these people are dead. You know, it's like you're not going to erase the fact that all these kids are dead and everything. I mean, they they, they went back and they redacted everything in their library, you know, and regarding their uh, local town newspaper. But, but it's like that had to have spread like further than than uh, than uh, what what's the town the the town's name in Nightmare on Elm Street? The Springwood or yeah, something Springwood, like that. Springwood, yeah, Springwood, Illinois. It's yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, that had to have spread, you know, elsewhere. You know, that, that there had to have been news, some other news outside of Springwood that would have reported on these murders. Yeah, I remember, like, in part six, he was like, every town has an Elm Street. Yes. And it was pretty much him. You could invade the country, dude, if every town has an Elm Street, right? Yeah, especially. But, man, honestly, Robert England in this movie is an absolute treat, though. I mean, he is the... Uh, I mean, he has, like, some of the best one-liners of the entire series, right? Oh, uh, dude, they're hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Across the Nightmare series, because I've recently rewatched the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series, it's really hard for them to find a balance with him where I think they have a hard time deciding how serious and scary he's going to be versus how silly and basically a cartoon character he's going to be. And I think in this movie, they strike a pretty good balance with him where he's quippy and he's kind of funny, but he's not too, with the exception of one scene anyway, he's not too absurd. He's not basically a living cartoon character just being too zany and silly. For the most part, he is just a threatening monster who isn't afraid to, you know, laugh at your death while he's killing you. And yet, he only really kills one person in this entire movie, though. Like, he, Freddy himself only kills one. And that's, uh, I believe it's... Uh, the it's the boyfriend's uh friend mark right him and then the cop or will right? or whatever yeah yeah it, it was him and the cop those are the only 
no, 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 not even the cop. The cop was killed by uh, Jason. He was he was electrocuted. Oh, right? Freddy. Uh, Freddy was killed by. No, no. I'm, I'm talking about like there, he only killed like one person in this entire movie. Oh, and that girl when they were having that party in the cornfield. No, but he didn't even get to kill oh, her though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Jason Remember? killed he her. her yeah. With the Stabbed yeah. her with a machete. He stole the exactly. kill from her. Yeah, you remember, you remember yeah. how how mad he was about that. He was Dude. like, no, it's mine. I'd be pissed, too. It was like stealing a Halo kill. I'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then just come in and teabag and everything. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Jason gets the majority of the kills in this movie, which, I mean, go, when, when you're going by what the script says, you know, and, you know, the whole story angle and everything i mean it makes sense i mean jason's going to get most of the kills here because he's got to you know build up uh freddy's uh freddy's power and everything oh he did kill that guy mark in the bathroom remember yeah that's the only one that he killed yeah that's the only that's the only kill he had yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't even really realized that, but you're right. Like thinking back on it <laughs> depending on yeah, if man. you consider Freddy or Jason to be the one that kills the fake Jason Muse guy because Freddy like takes him over. So did does that count as killing him? Because then Jason's the uh, one that cuts yeah. him in half. I I think that's really splitting hairs there, maybe <laughs> yeah. because I mean, although I will say we, we're going to talk about some of the better scenes in this movie here in a little bit, and that'll be one of them. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess that you could kind of count that as a uh, Jason kill. But I mean, the the whole point of that was tranking, right? So I I don't know that that's kind of a kind of a fine line there, maybe. Honestly, yeah, his powers were like weak. He couldn't complete a kill, right? Oh yeah, that that yeah. that that one kid he tried to kill. He was just like, oh, I'm all right. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. And then the, <laughs> and then the, girl, and then the girl with her nose. Got yeah. your nose. Got your nose. <laughs> Which that's kind of that's like, the one that sent me the got your nose scene. And yeah. I'm trying to describe this scene. Uh, it, uh, uh to my mom and my, my four-year-old daughter's, you know, in, in, in range. So I'm, like, trying to describe this scene without getting into the details of it. <laughs> but just, like, the absolute, like, absurdity of the scene when, when, when you're talking about it out loud. <laughs> but it, doesn't it also kind of introduce a little bit of a, of a little plot hole there? Maybe not so much a plot hole, but maybe just a little nitpick. Is that, I mean, she's the one who's dreaming. She gets uh, wounded by him. Why isn't she wounded in the real world? Yeah, I kind of took that as he still didn't have the power to actually affect her. But yeah, it's a plot hole. Probably. I thought the same thing. I was curious about that, too. Yeah, because she she comes back to the real world and she's fine. So, yeah, I guess that's that's the most logical way to explain it. I mean, the... During the you know first act or so of the movie, he's still kind of gaining his power. Well, I mean, it's pretty much one of those things where, you know, it's, it's probably they probably did it just because it looked cool and it, and it sounded cool at the time, you know. But they just didn't really connect it, yeah. and everything, you know. But honestly, this movie actually has some pretty okay uh, characters as far as the teens that are killed here. Like, for one, we have a young Catherine Isabel playing uh, the, uh, yeah, playing, uh, what, what's her name, Gib or something like that? I think that was her name. Uh, that, that's Catherine Isabel. I mean, she went on to play uh, Mary in American Mary, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, directed by the Soska sisters, that's an amazing movie. Go watch it. I've seen some of her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American Mary is fantastic. But, yeah, she's a, she, she's a kind of a, 
okay character here, though, I think. Yeah, she's underutilized for being Catherine Isabel. You would expect her to be a little bit more in this than she is, but no, she's she's just in it for, like, what, a couple of scenes, and then she's out. Pretty much, you know, and and she's just kind of the, the party girl of the group and everything, you know? I mean, they don't really give her much to do, really. But, I mean, in the end, I mean, she still is a phenomenal actress, and... I mean, it's it's a damn shame they didn't utilize her any more than they did. Like, I mean, I I think that they could have even uh, let her live a little further into the 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 uh, climax, maybe. Yeah. Honestly, I'll tell you the truth. I would much rather have seen her than Kelly Rowland's <laughs> character at the end. It's like, yeah, let's talk about Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. She was she was trying. <laughs> she was bless her heart. She was trying so badly here, but. Man, there, there's some delivery that there's some line delivery that she gives here that sounds more like she's just mildly annoyed than like scared or angry. Like that one time near the end of the movie where she's trying to hit Jason with like a stick or something. It's like, oh, God damn it. Stop. It's like she's, <laughs> she just sounds frustrated more than like scared or frightful or anything. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to do anything. If anything, it was just going to piss him off. Oh, no, yeah. it, it totally pissed him off. But also, she there's a scene where she drops a, a certain slur that has not aged well. Yeah, I forgot about that. It made me a little unhappy whenever... Because I love this movie. I love both of these franchises. So whenever I got to the point where she she says that word, I was a little like, oh, come on. I, I thought by 2003 we were maybe a little bit better, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. Uh then again, it was 2003, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just kind of kind of the way things were back then, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah, didn't age that well. But the, the scene itself is funny. Um, and I, 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 I like the whole, like, she's kind of, like, trying to, like, reduce his, like, fear aspect, which I don't know if that works in the real world. But that's what it seemed like she was trying to do, kind of like what they did at the end of It Chapter 2, right? A little bit. Kind of. That's kind of what I thought they were getting at. But then, like, you know, Jason just kills her. So whatever. (laughs) Can I say that whenever Jason hits somebody or throws somebody in this movie, he he just yeets them. Yeah, he he is full on super strength Jason in this one. Yo, yeah. I mean, he is like uh, pretty much a little bit of zombie Jason and a little bit of the old school Jason. But I still don't think that Ken Kurtzinger really was really all that strong in the in the character still so i don't know but i mean from, from what i understand it was ronnie Yu, the director that uh he, he was the one that wanted a more imposing jason so he's the one that we have to think for that which by the way ronnie Yu, he directed uh bride of chucky oh like, okay he was responsible for that so this and, feels like bride of chucky and, 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 and that's kind of why he got the directing job here Precisely, it was because I mean he already brought back a uh, iconic uh, horror character and made a pretty, pretty fun movie with it. So, yeah, I mean you have Catherine Isabel, and then you have uh, the uh, final girl here. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was the actress's name? It's like who was she? I forget her. I mean, yeah, but I, f- I forgot her name. She's on an episode of Entourage. That's all I've seen her on. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, she starts off a little slow near the beginning of the movie, but she uh, Monica Kina. That's Monica Kina, yeah. But I, I think that near the end, she becomes a very serviceable final girl. I mean, she's really just kind of uh, she's she's finally just like I've had enough. I want to see this motherfucker die. It's like almost has shades of uh, Nancy there a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they give her a bit of a story as the movie goes on where you find out about her mother and her father's role in her mother's death. And it's weird. For as many times as I've seen this movie, I always forget that plot exists because they don't pay enough attention to it. But when you're watching the movie, it does give her character a little bit more bones as the movie goes on. And you do start caring about her a little bit more, you know, like Will tells her her dad killed her mom her dad lies to her and says her mom was in a car accident. And then whenever she finds out what actually happened, she kind of, you know, for, for lack of not making a pun here as an actress, she kind of wakes up and just starts putting on a bit, a uh, better, more empowered performance. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and then we have Will, which is played by Jason Ritter. Actually, that's, uh, that's John Ritter's John, boy. John Ritter's yeah, boy. Speaking of yeah, Bride exactly. of Chucky. Uh-huh. Speaking of Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky's own John Ritter. Exactly. <laughs> and it's cool that they brought him back uh, for this movie. And everything. I think though there is some iffy uh, acting from him here. Or there, like, there, there's some times where if it looks like he's smiling when he's trying to tell people some pretty bad news or something. Like when he's trying to tell uh, when he's trying to tell his girlfriend uh, Monica Keenan's uh, character uh, about his, seeing uh, her dad kill her, her mom. And oh yeah, he, he's kind of like smiling a little bit through that I and mean, it's just like are you sure you didn't want to do another retake there that's <laughs> all the that's all the drugs from <laughs> oh probably yeah it, it's all it's all the hypnosil it's all the hypnosil dude. yeah it's just a, it's an it's an after effect of the hypnosil yeah, a little probably. bit of dream dream warriors here yeah but i mean other than that i mean i guess he's a, he's an all right character but what i want to know is the whole thing between him and monica's character like he he just disappears out of nowhere and, and and she just i mean what 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 she doesn't question this she 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 just doesn't know what the fuck happened to him i mean she doesn't know that he's in weston hills yeah dude like almost 4 years went by and you forgot yeah, about him yeah that's 4 years if, Four fucking years and it's like so she's been pining away for this guy that she knew in middle school then <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a dude she knew in middle school. It's like they, they even bring it up. It's like, girl, you were fourteen. <laughs> why why are you even hung up on him? <laughs> it's like you're eighteen now. <laughs> Grow up. Yeah. That well, but they, they do I mean, I guess they lampshade that because I mean it is it is actually a part of the plot. I mean, o- at least opening up. You know, I thought for the amount of exposition that there was, it wasn't executed too badly. I mean, everything does kind of have a Oh, just just the, uh, the slightest, you know, self-aware vibe to it in this movie. Yeah, it's self-aware without being too meta or anything. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess that that really works the best when you're considering the canonicity of both franchises. And, you know, going back to like like how like Jason, you guys were mentioning earlier, like, you know, you see like various different um, aspects of, of his different forms. I mean... You got to realize, like, like everything again, including Jason X, (laughs) 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 happened here. So you can't really take this too seriously, and yet it manages to take it just seriously enough. You know that it's because that the confrontation between these two characters deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and what's up with uh, Will's friend Mark? I mean, he's completely just kind of whacked out in his own right, but, you know, not too whacked out, you know? <laughs> just, just whacked out enough to go and uh, show his ass to... Uh, to sell movie? To, to, to sell movie. Yeah, he showed ass <laughs> to sell movie, for one. 
Hey, that's, but, that's America. That, that's America right there. <laughs> <laughs> America's ass. <laughs> but he's not afraid to show ass and act like a monkey to get uh, the keys to uh, break out of Weston Hills and everything. Actually, that was a pretty cool. Uh, that, that was a pretty cool plan. Yeah, I that have was to admit. pretty pretty clever. Yeah, needless to say. But then again, whenever they're at the school and they meet up with uh, with Monica's character again, with uh, with all the main characters. He, he's the one who creeps everybody out by doing a one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And then tells yeah. everybody about Freddy Krueger. It's like, hey, nice job breaking it, yeah. asshole. Uh, exactly. Although I do like whenever he puts together, like, oh, they put us away so that that could be their way of burying Freddy. They put us away so that other people wouldn't be scared of Freddy. And then he realizes, he's like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Because I went into the yeah, school and terrorized does. everybody about Freddy. Like, so whenever he realizes that he broke what they were supposed to be doing, it's actually a pretty decent scene. You actually feel bad for the guy. Like, he's crazy and he's stupid, but he realizes, like, oh, shit, that one's on me. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. He's just like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> the town had a plan. Yeah. Yeah, the town had a plan and everything, and he fucked it up. Well, I mean, that's not to say that what they were doing was ethical. Oh, absolutely not. But, you know. but, you know, at that point, you know, at least keeping the secret, you know, would have been the best thing to do had he known. And I think, yeah, he knew that. <laughs> no, you're, oh, you're definitely. right. If, if you'd have known, he wouldn't have done I that. I wonder why the, the plan for Springwood isn't just to put Hypnosil in the water supply. They seem to be able to get enough of it. Oh, <laughs> why not just dump yeah. it in the yeah, reservoir? you would think so. You would think so, right? Yeah. Just like uh, Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then we got good old Lindemann. The, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the simp. The simp. He is just simping hard after Lori. I think that's her name. Yes, Lori. yes. Yeah, he simps so hard after her and everything. And there, there's a couple of times where, Kel- where Kelly Rowland's character has to fucking put him in his place, but then he turns around and puts her in her place, and she likes it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of was getting a vibe between them that I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done a few movies with him. All. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Fanboys too. Yeah, he was in Fanboys. That's right. Just Friends was hilarious. Robert, <laughs> yeah, Robert yeah, that, that was really funny. But see, guys, as Scott Pilgrim teaches us, the power of self-respect <laughs> is the greatest power. <laughs> <laughs> so, hell yeah. yeah. You know, you want to get laid, just have some self-respect. Women pick up on that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. <laughs> But, I mean, in, in the end, Lindemann, actually, he becomes a pretty, uh, he becomes a pretty important character yeah. near the end. You know, he makes it to the climax. I mean, he, he actually puts up a fight against Jason. He's, you know, with, with America. He, he Americaed him <laughs> <laughs> with an American flag. My man. That doesn't do much, the, the but he gives, it a, he gives it the old college try. He does. Yeah. And, and, of course, he gets uh, thrown onto a wall mount, and that does him in, but... But I mean, you gotta gotta respect the man, you know. It's like I mean, he he went from simp to straight up, you know, from simp to hero, right? He's literally me for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, Al- Alan is me, literally me. <laughs> Alan is one hundred percent me. <laughs> That's right, Robert. You haven't watched Barbie. No. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I was never tested. You were never tested. This motherfucker. Gosling, though, because Robert, you also acknowledge that Robert, that uh, Ryan Gosling is literally you. In another universe, he is. <laughs> yeah. We, I we mean, are. you're the dry version with the Scorpio jacket, but I, I'm Ken, so. And I'm just sitting here, Michael Cera, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only guy in Barbie Land that had that is a uh, that fucks. 
I mean, canonically, yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, we already talked about Barbie. Um, yeah, Lindemann is cool, but also there's the, uh, there's the cop who, uh, who originally uh, starts to realize that something is going on with the whole cover-up and everything. I forgot what his name is. He was in a few movies. Scary movie. He was yeah. a scary movie. Yeah, that's right. I'm in a lot of made-for-TV movies in the '90s. Exactly. Yeah, he, he was in. He was in scary movie. He was. Uh, he was Shannon Elizabeth's uh, boyfriend, if I recall. Is he the deputy? Yeah, yeah. he's the yeah, deputy. Deputy, deputy uh, Scott. Deputy Stubbs? Scott something. Yeah. Deputy Stubbs. Yeah. Yeah, but he he ends up getting electrocuted by Jason when he uh when he goes to a to the Western Hills and everything. But but yeah, I mean, I do like uh when uh, all the uh, characters after uh, after after that massacre happens, they they go there and and he just kind of comes out of nowhere and he tells them all he d- drops exposition about Jason Voorhees and everything. Yeah, that so, dude's all smoking weed. He's, y- like, he's smoking. He's like trying to put it away. It's put like, it like oh, hey, dude. But it's like don't worry about that. <laughs> it's like we we got bigger problems here. It's like no, we got murders going on. There's our stone our stoner character, our uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, uh, it, looking sounding dude. <laughs> and he has honestly one of the best scenes out of the entire movie. The the scene with the caterpillar. Like he, he's completely. Oh yeah! <laughs> it's like I guess this is what happens when uh, when Freddy tries to infiltrate the dreams of a stoner because is that a fucking hookah? Are they smoking weed through a hookah? I th- I think it is because it's weed. I'm assuming because of the way he reacts to well, it. Yeah, hey. haven't you ever smoked weed out of a hookah? I have actually, but you have to like <laughs> mix it in with the shisha. I didn't know that that was like something yeah. that like a lot of people did. I, I, either that or put it on top of the shisha. Dude, he did yeah. the same thing in part three, and then Johnny Depp showed up through the TV. Remember that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when he took that stoner too, and then he goes, "This is your brain on drugs, right?" That's right. He did, dude. That one, that movie's badass. I love the soundtrack of that movie. That's a great soundtrack. It really is. But yeah, I mean, my man, he and then when he's uh, when he's uh, taken over by uh, Freddy. Like, I mean, he turns into a total badass. He fucking goes to Trank, uh, he goes to Trank Jason, and then he gets cut in half. So, which is a good, good gore effect in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not half bad practical gore effects here, you know. But also, I mean, who, who else are we missing from the cast of this movie? Is there anyone else that we've missed? I don't think so. 
No, I mean, nobody's super important. There's the cops, there's Lori's dad, there's, yeah, there's nobody who's, like, a big deal. There's the first two guys that die, the Catherine Isabel's boyfriend and then his friend, but, yeah, nobody who's important, other than Catherine Isabel's boyfriend has a really good death getting folded backwards in the the bed. Yeah, Yeah, we we may as well go ahead and talk about some of the kills here, because, I mean, you you can't uh, talk about Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th without talking about the kills here. And, of course, we have that we have that awesome kill in the bedroom with Jason whenever he shows up. And I, I got to say, that that's an awesome little horror set piece there. I mean, stabbing him several times in the, in, in the bed and then just folding the bed on him. It's like, holy shit, man. Yeah. That, that is actually a really, really funny effect, actually. Yeah, no, that was a really good kill. That's probably the kill of the movie just because it's such a a really neat effect we've seen jason fold people up on themselves before but i like that he just takes both ends of the bed and he just whoop <laughs> <laughs> exactly just, just whoop. and then that and then that is that for him like i i really uh like the uh i like the kill in the uh the kills in the cornfield massacre that's actually that i feel is like one of the penultimate jason moments in this movie i feel other, uh, other than the bed scene. He's just slashing all those kids. Yeah. yeah, I mean, first things first, he uh, he eats that one rapist dude. It's like, yeah, good good call on that, Jason. <laughs> it's like, screw that guy. And then he uh, kills Catherine Isabel, and then he's lit on fire by those two uh, idiots. Yeah, with the Everclear, like, like, like the yeah. With the Everclear, which I have to say is actually a pretty smart thing to do. Honestly, it's like if, if you're going to use utilize something as a weapon, might as well utilize Everclear as a weapon, you know? I mean, it is that flammable. So, I mean, but I mean, and also that sets up that badass scene where he, Jason's just on fire and he's walking, he's lighting the cornfield on fire mm-hmm. and everything. And then he makes it to the, uh, he throws his uh, machete at, at, at the big guy and then. That that's a pretty cool scene right there where it goes through his chest and he's just like, oh fuck, and he falls <laughs> down. <laughs> and the dude's on fire the entire time, just <laughs> until he fucking hits a hits a beer keg with the machete and it just douses <laughs> <laughs> him. <laughs> that that scene is great, man. I mean, he's just going around just slicing motherfuckers left and right. Yeah, you know, and and that's really where the climax kind of coalesces from there, you know, because. Then we kind of get the uh, final group, and that eventually gets whittled down whenever they go to Weston Hills and everything. And then uh-huh. they go to they go to Crystal Lake and all that. So I mean, in, in many ways, that's kind of the catalyzing events for the end of the movie. I love yeah, that definitely. in this movie, uh, Springwood, Ohio, is just a short drive away from Camp Crystal Lake, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, how, like I'm how here to tell you, I work? live in Pennsylvania. It takes a solid six hours just to get from Pittsburgh to Philly. And in this movie, they drive Jeez. across the entirety of Pennsylvania, going from who knows where in Ohio to who knows where in New Jersey. And it's just like, oh, that just took a few hours. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, they totally kind of. Well, they totally kind of leave that out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very strange. It's I don't know. I mean. The geography of this is all over the place. Now, now imagine if uh, Halloween was happening in this continuity, and then you have Haddonfield in Illinois. I like, mean, that I, that would be cool to see. I, as I do recall, there's some comic book crossover that also does Evil Dead. There is. Yeah. It's a it's a direct there sequel is. to this called Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Hell, it, it opens up with Will and Lori getting killed. Like they in the first couple of pages oh. of the first issue, they die. 
In true like slasher sequel fashion, I well, love it. Well, shit, in true uh, Friday the Thirteenth fashion, I yeah. mean, that's what happened between the first movie and the second movie. But I mean, just it, I mean, uh, honestly, for a man named Ashley, <laughs> just putting it out there, <laughs> they initially they the the plans were to make. A movie. They were going to make a second movie, Freddy versus Jason oh, versus Ash, yeah. but the rights fell through and they just couldn't get it off the ground. So they ended up just making it a comic book instead, which I've read. And it would have made a good movie. The plot made sense, but the writer of the comic book just he could not write Freddy or Ash. Like they they were trying to be funny, but they weren't. So I the comic's not that good at all. But I think if you took the plot and turned it into a movie with Bruce Campbell and all the and Robert Englund and whoever you got to play Jason in that one, it would have been a really good movie. It's all about Freddy trying to get the Necronomicon to become all powerful. Oh wow. But I mean, we talked about earlier how long it took just to get this fucking movie yes. off the ground. I right. mean, it, it would have been a Herculean effort to fucking get Freddy versus Jason versus Ash going. I've heard some people say of even adding Pinhead to the to the fold somewhere around there. May have been in one of the scripts of this movie. They were going to throw Hellraiser in randomly. I I don't really recall, but I mean, I don't know. I think Freddy versus Pinhead would be a pretty interesting uh, matchup, mainly because they both kind of inhabit their own little realms and everything. You know, they're both supernatural entities and whatnot. Yeah, that seems a lot more fair of a fight than Jason who has to get Freddy into the real world or otherwise we saw what happens to Jason in the dream world in this movie. Could you imagine if Freddy is drawn into the lament configuration yes. and uh, goes into Hellraiser's uh, uh, sadomasochistic uh, pleasure dome? Or whatever? <laughs> oh, no. It's like, what, what, would, what would he come out after, like, after that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, th th that's something to think about. One of the fights between uh, Freddy versus Jason, let's talk about the first real one that goes down. That's in uh, Freddy's dream world. And that's where we get the infamous pinball scene, which I'm sure that's the one silly scene you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, a million, about Freddy. a million percent. That's what I was talking about, where he gets a little too cartoonish yeah. in this movie. Yeah, you get you get pinball machines like. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, and then it's just like tilts. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie, I kind of... That I, took me out. Yeah, I kind of rolled my oh, eyes out yeah, at definitely. That. Like, even back then. Yeah, but it still is a pretty brutal fight, but it also leads to one of the other big contentions about the script for this movie. Is near the end, uh, you know, Jason is starting to get the upper hand on Freddy a little bit in, in this scene, and then a bunch of water starts pouring. And then Freddy just stops. And apparently he's afraid of water all of a sudden when motherfucker was like <laughs> inhabits a lake he, he, nine times out of ten he's in the in the middle of the fucking lake yeah, he yeah. Why is he, how is he scared if anything he's scared of drowning not scared of water dude he was in the lake from 1958 to 1980 yeah well, why are you scared that's a good point well, you figure there's, there's big time jumps after part six too so like from part six to part seven he spends ten years in the lake yeah, exactly. Oh, so, I mean, that that's something that a lot of people really pointed out. And honestly... What it looked like was childhood trauma coming back. Though, yeah, right? it did. And, you know, that's fair enough. I mean, Jason is all about that childhood trauma. He's pretty much like what happens if trauma becomes part, fully manifest. And uh, 
what was it, Manhattan? Remember, he went back to a little boy again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He went back like, to just a little, little scared little boy. Just all childhood trauma, really. Exactly. But I mean, that aside, I mean, that's an enjoyable fight. But then we get to the actual final fight between uh, Freddie and Jason when when Freddie is brought into the real world by Lori after after she's tranked for about fifteen minutes, and then uh, they. Uh, they take him to Crystal Lake, and uh, they have their final fight there. And, man, what a badass fight that is. I yeah. Mean, we actually see – I mean, for one, we actually see Freddy show some real fear here, like even even a real oh, shit moment from him when he finally realizes, like, oh, wait a minute, fire? is like, oh, shit. And then sees Jason coming. He's like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah. It's like that. that's a pretty cool reaction right there. But to be fair – I mean, Freddy puts up a really hell of a fight, even in the real world. He does. I mean, shooting, fuck, shooting the fucking uh, uh, torpedo things. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. I guess they're honestly. just like propane tanks or something. Yeah. They're, they're probably air air tanks yeah. or something, right? Yeah, air tanks. Air tanks. Yeah, there's a whole propane field right there, right? Those, yeah, yeah. Those look like acetylene bottles, though, right? Yeah, which is which? Can, can I ask why the fuck that's at Crystal Lake? It looked like they were renovating it. It looked yeah, it looked like they were doing a big renovation thing on Camp Crystal Lake. So I just kind of buy it as like, oh, okay, this is all the equipment they need to to you know remake the lake and make it modern for people or anything. But even so, that's some pretty yeah. heavy industrial equipment there. You know, it's like. I mean, isn't there like a hanging, uh, big old hanging kettle yeah. or something like that? Isn't that what they used to like? Isn't that what they use in like a steel forging, forging mill or something? That's like what that? it looks I mean, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so I mean, that's another weird thing right there. Where I'm just like, well, where did that come from? But it does still lead to a badass set piece for their fight, though. I mean, we even have the moment where uh, Freddy drops a bunch of rebar on uh, on Jason and spears him. So. I mean that that was like really really fun to me, you yeah. know. But then we get, but then we get to the final moments of the of the battle, and that's where they start getting really fucked up. That's where they're out on the lake, they're on the dock, they're fighting each other. Jason rips off his arm and everything, and, and best thing ever is uh, Freddy getting stabbed by his own uh, blade arm, like with his own oh, arm yeah. with his blades. That's I think that that's uh, one of the more perfect uh, deaths for Freddy. It, it honestly is. Yeah, Freddy's wielding the machete, and he's coming after Lori, and then Jason is wielding the, I guess, kind of the claw glove, although he's wielding Freddy's entire arm. So I like how they exchange yeah. weapons yeah. in the fight with each other. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's a cool little exchange there. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize it until you said it, but you're right. Like, it's specifically at that moment. And there's even that one that one moment where they're kind of really, really getting tired. Like, uh, Freddy... Like he tears off the arm, and then Jason, uh, like no, no, like Jason tears off uh, Freddy's arm, and then he takes Freddy takes a machete and just slowly puts it in uh, Jason's chest, just slowly. It, it's Shakespearean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn near Shakespearean. But but I mean, it, it just shows that they finally gave their all. Like I mean, and that's just Freddy finally running out of juice a little bit. He does he doesn't have the dream powers to to help him here. So I mean, he he's just. He's just like uh, to within an inch of his life here already, and then and then we get the final moment where Laurie just says, "Welcome to my world, bitch," and then just chops his yeah. head. That is, that is honestly maybe one of my favorite like final girl moments ever. It I, really is. I love that. <laughs> really that is that is that was actually really really cool. 
It was really good, yeah. And, and then you have the ending where Jason walks out of the lake and then has uh, Freddy's head, and Freddy looks at the camera and weeks. Which is like, the perfect way to end that because it's like you, you still like technically Jason won, but Freddy's still alive. So you know, it's like at the very end of the day, like they're still kind of like sparking that. Um, that debate fueling it a little bit more. It's like, well, you know, or did he, you know, it is, <laughs> I love it. I mean, yeah, definitely Jason won. I mean, I, I, I like to say that, uh, Freddie kind of won the battle, but Jason won the war. Maybe yeah. Freddie will be, or, back. May, or maybe it's the, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe, maybe Jason won the battle, but Freddie won the war in the end. I know? would say, yeah, I war, think, though, right? I think because Freddie does the wink, I think, you know, Jason, yeah, Jason won, but he didn't actually ultimately defeat Freddy. So you would say Jason won for the movie, but he still wasn't able to put Freddy down. So, yeah, you're you're left at, back. you know, who could actually beat who if the, one of them had to go to the death. Exactly. And I mean, it's not like Freddy couldn't be put back together. We already know that that's possible, you know. Yes. A dog pissing on him. Really? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> well, and it's not clear, like, how much of his dream powers is still exist in the real world, right? Does he lose all of his dream powers just because he's I, been brought to the real I world? I think it's pretty clear that he loses a majority of them because, I mean, otherwise he'd be using them to manipulate Jason. Right. But it, 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 it but it, I think, I guess the question that remains at the end is that he still has... Um, at least a form of immortality. Yeah. So. Yeah. At the very least. Right. So you know, it's yeah. I'm. I, I, I'm. In, I would be interested to see like what would happen next. I guess like in in the comic book sequel at least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can speculate a little bit. It's like I mean, what do you think, Robert? I mean, do you think that this is a war that's just going to continue between them, or is this a definitive end for this fight? Oh man, I love that ending. They left it open for a part two, or you know, what I mean, I yeah. I think they could do it over. They 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 are meant to do it like Batman and Robin, you know, and just keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like Batman and the Joker. Batman or... and the Joker. There you go. Yeah, sir. there you Sorry go. They're yeah. meant to do it forever. Exactly. How great would it be if instead of remaking Nightmare on Elm Street or remaking Friday the Thirteenth, if they just remade this and just cut straight to. Uh, screw rebooting the franchises for now. Let's just do another Freddy versus Jason movie or, or throw in other characters. You know, just do, give us the horror movie expendables that we always wanted or that we thought this movie was going to lead us off to. Because unfortunately, no matter what you want to say, this is the definitive ending because we never got anything from it. And then the the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise went into purgatory and they've there have been in legal battles over that ever since. And, you know, Robert Englund's not getting any younger. If he's going to play Freddy again, it's going to have to be in the immediate future. And even then, like, it's going to require a lot of stuntman work. Exactly. Yeah, no, no kidding. He doesn't want to do the role anymore. He he doesn't, and that's fair enough. I mean, Kevin Bacon was talking about doing the role. I think Kevin Bacon would be a great Freddy Krueger, honestly. Wouldn't be bad. I mean, the guy from the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, coming back to play Freddy, that would actually be pretty cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, but who would you get to play Jason though? You get, I mean, is Kurtzinger still kind of, kind of young? 
You know, even that guy from the reboot of Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. Yeah, the Jared Padalecki one. Jared Padalecki. Yeah, one, the Padaladakaladakaladoo. The guy who played J- Jason in that one's name is Derek Mears, and I don't know how old he is now because I mean, even the reboot was fourteen years ago at this point. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, he yeah. was a physically imposing Jason. You could bring him back. Oh, certainly, certainly, but. I guess we can go ahead and start getting into our final thoughts about this movie. I mean, I, I think we pretty much covered as much as we can cover here. We'll go ahead and start with uh, you, Stu. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. This was, for me, as a lifelong horror fan, whenever this came out in 2003, it was Avengers Infinity War years before there was an Avengers Infinity War in MCU. This was the the yeah. bringing together of characters that I didn't think I'd ever finally get to see on screen together. And I was so excited. And I genuinely think it's as good of a movie of Freddy versus Jason as you can get. I think the plot makes sense. They put some actual thought into why Freddy and Jason would fight each other. I like the story and how they built it. And I think if you accept that this is... This is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Jason in it. And that's fine because Absolutely. New Line Cinema had more invested in Freddy than they did in Jason. They only had the rights to Jason for two movies and Freddy was their cash cow. So I have no problem that they essentially made a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Jason. But it's wildly entertaining. I think it's true to all the characters. And I don't know. I, th- I just think it's a really solid movie. I've enjoyed watching it several times in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, you're right. I mean, with all the different scripts that the, they were proposing, it's like, yeah, this is about as good as this, this would get. This is about as good as this would get. Yeah. Uh, Ash, we'll go ahead and go with you. What's your final thoughts? Oh, I mean, it's a blast. Yeah. And, and again, this was my first time watching it. Actually, I literally watched it today, um, you know, and then finished it moments before recording. And uh, yeah, man, it's a hell of a time. It's everything I'd expect out of a confrontation like this, you know, about as well as I'd expect it to go. Um, Obviously, you know, Jason is, is like, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit off, but I think every bit of what makes the character um, intimidating and cool and um, a good, a good villain is here. Um, at least in terms of the writing uh, and the kills, um, Freddie obviously like Robert England can't can't complain about you know an, an, an original true performance, um, and I mean I even liked the cast of characters more than I, I I'd say I might like in a slasher movie. You know I I think uh, Lori is a great final girl. Obviously that that ending scene um, was was really fucking cool. Um, and you know, the kills were a lot of fun. The movie didn't take itself too seriously, but we, we got to see these characters at full power face off. And I, 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 again, while I didn't watch it when it came out, I remember it being a big deal when it came out, um, like all the hype. I mean, and, and just thinking about like, this is like the first time I've heard about, you know, like a, uh, a blockbuster movie doing something on this scale, uh, as a crossover that that's pretty fucking cool. Absolutely. Robert, go ahead. Um, yeah, this movie's great. I mean, because, you know, you hadn't seen Robert England since, like, the Freddy's, or what was it? New Nightmare? New Nightmare, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the 1991 version, but, <laughs> yeah, New Nightmare. And, um, 
you know, I think he'll always be Freddy. I, I wouldn't even try to remake another movie without him. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I just don't like how they did that reboot either, dude. But now this one is it's a lot of fun. I mean, you get the best of both worlds, and you know and how they it entwine with each other, and it's it's freaking. Uh, it's almost like a better final chapter. Almost, I don't know. I've always loved the final chapter too, just with the uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like they were leading this one on for another one that we should all need to have the chance to see one day. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It would. I, I actually do like uh, Stu's suggestion of, you know, rebooting this movie, just doing a remake of this movie. I mean, that's actually really cool. As for me, I mean, there's an argument to be made that this movie pretty much kind of uh, brought in the modern uh, crossover versus movie. Like, not too, I mean, a little further down the line, you get, like, Batman versus Superman, you know? And, and I think that there were some other uh, uh, face-offs that, there, that were there. I don't really recall them. But it's like, yeah, you can kind of say that this was a catalyst for that. And, I mean, Godzilla this, versus Kong. Godzilla versus Alien Kong. Alien versus Predator. Alien vs. Predator, Predator. Exactly. the, the yeah. elephant in the room, right? <laughs> yeah, Alien vs. Predator, of course, which I think predates this movie, I think. I Does think it, it came in before this one. I don't recall. But, I mean, yeah, it was pretty much a catalyst for that, and honestly, it for its time, it was about as hyped as uh, Batman vs. Superman was in all these other movies. So this is the movie where that hype train just kind of starts. And honestly... I, I get it. I love this movie, man. I mean, the hype, it, it lives up to the hype even all these years later. I mean, there's not a whole lot of uh, things that have aged well here. I mean, some of the CGI is a little wonky. I mean, as much as I love the whole uh, Stoner Freddy scene with the caterpillar, that, that, cal- <laughs> that caterpillar does look pretty rough. Yeah. It looks very rough. I like how his makeup and his costume is a lot darker, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Jason's, car- Jason's costume. Or uh, yeah. Fr- Freddy's costume, sorry. Freddy's costume is yeah, a lot even darker. The, even the, the razors, man, they're freaking longer, right, aren't they? It, it feels like it. It feels it's, like they are a little bit longer. I like that one scene yeah. we get of, like, Devil Freddy, too. I don't know what the impetus for that was, but it's a really neat design oh. for Freddy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah right that where, was really cool. Right where he's on the dock and everything's all red. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. That, that, I, that's a cool scene. I mean, shit, that, that, those knives are about almost as long as uh, Captain Kuro from One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. They, all, they almost are. But, I mean, you get the best version of uh, Freddy here, you know? And like, and like Stu said, this is definitely a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Jason in it. But, I mean, you get kind of an eh version of uh, Jason, in my opinion. I mean, Kurtzinger was all right, but, I mean, he's obviously no Kane Hodder. I feel like if we would have had a Kane, Ho- Kane Hodder-Robert uh, England matchup, that would have made this this movie almost transcendental, yeah. practically. Do you remember uh, f- uh, when Jason goes to hell, like right at the end, where he pulls the mask down? A- exactly, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was, uh, it was alluded to in that movie. So what if he pulled yeah. it down into his world, right, or something? Right exactly, there? yeah. You probably did. But, I mean, I, I, I do like the cast of characters in this movie. I, I do like them. I mean, Catherine Isabel is cool. Jason Ritter is all right. Monica Keene is good. And Kelly Rowland, bless her heart, she did her best. <laughs> but all in all, even all these years later, I mean, this is still such a watchable movie. I mean, there's, I mean, there's very little fat to trim from it in the very end. It's just... 
I, I wish we could have got Kane Hodder as Jason and maybe some of the CGI. That's probably about the best it was going to be for its time, but, you know, it didn't age well. But other than that, I do highly recommend finding this movie, whether it's on like a four-pack movie deal or if you find it just... Uh, at your local movie shop, I mean, or, or stream it. I mean, definitely check this movie out and, like, dive into some of the uh, reviews of this movie. I mean, th this movie, it, it, it's still very well-reviewed today, even. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot of people that give this, like, a really bad rating, like, especially on, on, on the YouTube critic circuit and everything. Like, I mean, it, it's a pretty well-loved movie, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's It's just the best of both worlds, and it's... It's a fun horror movie all the way through and through. So, yeah, definitely watch this movie, especially around Halloween. But, yeah, the next movie that we're going to do uh, on our next episode, we're going to be doing Trick or Treat, which is actually has become one of the premier Halloween movies of all time. Yeah, Trick or Treat is since then, fantastic. Yeah. It really is. It's a great vibe. It's a total vibe, and I'm looking forward to doing that. I mean, I, I, Robert, I understand you have the DVD, so... Yes, I do. We're going to have to watch it sometime. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, look for that and everything. And, uh, Stu, uh, what do you have coming up on your show, and where can our listeners find you? So, the podcast, which you can find on pretty much any podcast player out there, is Stu World Order, where we review random comic book movies with our guests. And I have the website, swoproductions.com, where we have new articles every single weekday. And I have actually a, a series that I do every single Friday the 13th. I do a big horror article, so I've got one of those coming up this Friday the 13th here in October. And for Halloween Day itself, I have my all-time ranking of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, ironically. So be able to check both of those out on Friday the 13th this month and on Halloween Day. Nice. Nice. Hell yeah. And Ash, what's coming up with uh, Collateral Gaming? Well, we do have our season premiere part one out on Spider-Man. Uh, both part one and part two should have been out in September, but we'll be wrapping that up very quickly so we can move on to our spooky content uh, for October. Um, so we'll be doing uh, part two of the season premiere on uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's all setting up for the new game that's coming out at the end of this month. Um, but before we do that, uh, of course, um, we are going to be doing Dino Crisis and Resident Evil 3 as our October episodes. Um, and then our uh, Halloween special is going to be Silent Hill 4. So uh, in November, then, we will be covering the aforementioned Spider-Man 2, um, where part one will be a spoiler-free review, and part two will go into full spoilers. So uh, really excited about that. Uh, and, you know, and then, of course, uh, in December uh, is our Zelda month. So um, we're going to be covering Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons as a two-part episode. And then um, our uh, holiday special is going to be on The Grinch. Awesome. Yeah. The I Grinch video game from, uh, from the 90s? Or um, I, th I think this is well. This would have been uh, a tie-in with the movie. Oh, so it would so have been like in the two thousands. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been early two thousands. Yeah, so I think I think the console version. My 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 co-host Zach suggested it. So that's what's going on with Collateral Gaming through the end of the year. Um, of course, you know, uh, 
there 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 will be a few like new games coming out that we're gonna we'll, we'll cover game launch and uh, when both Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming, I know we want to do like a year in review kind of thing and cover the movies and games that we would have liked to have covered but uh, didn't uh, didn't get a chance to. So that'll be cool. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And Robert, we should have Texas Sundown coming out very soon, right? Yep, just uh, probably a few more weeks, right? Yeah, do excellent. Some, do some more sound editing. Here. Excellent. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, I've been helping you work on that. I'm kind of working with the with the title stuff. I don't know. Maybe I brought my computer. Maybe I can show you guys what I've got so far. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, yeah, I, like I want to see it as well. What I'm fucking with. Maybe like show you a couple scenes where I, I I wonder like maybe we might like cut this differently or whatnot. Just see. Oh yeah, yeah. perfect. Right on. But um, while we're here together. But yeah, Texas Sundown. I mean, it's just a joint effort with all of us. So I'm excited about seeing uh, Robert's short film come out. Definitely. And with Collateral Cinema, uh, yeah, you, you, we'll have our Halloween episode on Halloween 4, uh, uh, Return of Michael Myers. And, the, and on our Director's Cut Halloween special, we're going to be talking about Nailgun Massacre. So look for those. And uh, you can find Collateral Cinema and uh, Collateral Gaming on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter X, what the fuck it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, you can also find us on, we do have a Patreon. Uh, go there and uh, check out our film commentaries. And uh, also we have a Buy Me a Coffee and, uh, and a Podbean patron. So go there and throw us $5 and help us grow our uh, podcasting community and whatnot. And also uh, check us out on Good Pods. Uh, you can uh, r- uh, rate and review us there and uh, help us climb the ranks of their uh, podcast ranking and everything. So, yeah, follow us there and listen to us there. Uh, I guess we don't have anything else to add. Nope. I think we're all good, right? We're all good? All right. Well, then, Season 7 of Collateral Cinema is now underway. Check you later, everybody. And, uh, yeah, uh, fuck Trump, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Laters. (laughs)
Collateral Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.